everybody. Welcome to Busy Living Sober. Busy Living Sober. Busy Living Sober. It is episode 261. 261. And today is actually August 23rd. Time's flying by, isn't it? It's crazy, 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 crazy times that we live in. And here we are at episode 261. And my topic is going to be peace, tranquility, and promises coming true. It's really interesting. I woke up on my 15th year anniversary, which was on the 14th, for those of you that listened to 14, I had 15 years on the 14th, confusing but true. So I had 15 years on the 14th and I woke up that morning and I said to Jeff, oh my gosh, this is the first time I've had an anniversary where I'm not like, oh my God, there's not a huge party. I don't have all these people in town. I'm just with him and my kids. And it was so peaceful and there was no drama and there was no party and there was no drama around me. It was just very quiet and peaceful. And I never, ever thought that's what I wanted in my life was quiet, peace, serenity. I never thought I wanted that. I wanted drama. I was like the drama girl. I drama, 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 drama. So not having drama on my anniversary was is the biggest deal. And I said to Jeff, I'm like, what do you think this is? And he's like, this is the promises coming true. And I'm like, oh my gosh, so there's these promises that you get when you're sober and there are these amazing things that tend to happen to your life and you get peace and you get serene and you get to be able to do whatever you want to do and you don't feel squirrely in your own skin. And um, I don't think it matters how much time you have when you feel have this feeling. I think it's just for some people it happens quickly, for some people it happens slowly. For me, I'm just recognizing it now that I am able to turn my will and my life over to this higher power. And a lot of people are like, what is this higher power? And my higher power is different than your higher power. And the reality is it doesn't matter what it is for me. It just matters what it is for you and that you have one and that you make it important in your life. Because if you do, then you get this life that's beyond your wildest dreams, right? At least for me, I do. It's been a kind of a crazy little couple of days. I dropped Henry off, my youngest, at Georgia Tech. He is now a rising, I guess he's a junior again. I don't know, he graduated in three years from with a physics degree and now he's doing engineering. I don't know how I have a son that's like this, but I do, it's crazy. Cause he also is crazy wild, but he's really smart. It's kind of nice. I don't like to brag about my kids, but this one's just for some reason is incredibly does well in school and he loves to learn. And I went and I dropped him off. And the craziest thing is I dropped him off freshman year and that was emotional. And now I dropped him off again. And that was emotional again. It felt like I pulled the bandaid off twice. You know, he's leaving. Oh my God, God, it hurts. It takes a piece out of your heart every time they go away, these darn kids. And he left, but I had peace and serenity. I was like, I haven't been freaking out to make sure he's okay. I haven't been freaking out about pretty much anything. It's so weird. I don't freak out. I haven't been freaking out. I haven't been second guessing myself. Did I make the right choice? Did I do the right thing? I'm just taking it one day at a time. Isn't that crazy? 
it's taken me how many years to take it one day at a time? Many, many, many years to be able to take it one day at a time. It's a total process. It's this other process. So then we ended up dropping him off and we got, went on, went, we're on a road trip right now. Hence, I look like I'm in a dark room with a thing against the wall. So I'm in a hotel room in actually Nashville. And I'd never been to Nashville and I wanted to come. And I went to Broadway. God, that's just not the land for somebody who's sober, at least for me. I just, it was a little crazy for me. It's not my cup of tea. Not that it can't be yours, but for me, I'm just like, oh my gosh, it's like the land of debauchery. There were a lot of drunk people. I don't think if I were newly sober, I would tell you to go there. I would say, do not go there. Do not go to Nashville if you're newly sober, at least to Broadway. You can go to Vanderbilt. You can go to look at all these other things. You can go to the Grand Ole Opry, but I would not go down to Broadway because I just don't think it seems like the most healthy place for somebody who's in sobriety. It's very crazy. And that's something I get to do today. You know, when we're first sober, at least for me, when I was first sober, I remember being like, I didn't go anywhere. You know, I didn't go anywhere that I didn't feel comfortable. I didn't. I didn't go to parties. I didn't go to, um, I didn't go to parties and I didn't go to bars and I went to restaurants, but I didn't go to bars ever for that first year. I really firmly planted. I say this all the time to girls I work with. I say, you know what? I planted my tree really firmly for that first year. For that first year, it's so important that you take care of yourself. If this is a reiteration for somebody who's listening, I just say it all the time. And somebody said, oh my gosh, you talk about a lot of the same things. And I'm like, I do because I have a born forgetter. And I assume a lot of people do too. This is the deal. We have to get firmly planted in our sobriety. We have to embrace it like a big, you know, we have to embrace it like putting on a big coat or a big sweater. We have to embrace it. We have to put it around ourselves and make ourselves warm and figure out what makes us tick. We've got to put on that big, yummy, warm sweater and just put it around us until we feel safe enough to go out. Does that make sense? Like you really need to take care of you. And you're like, well, how do I do that? Because I didn't know how to take care of me. I had no idea. I had, um, I felt like my life prior to getting sober was like I was a ball in one of those old pinball machines and I go bing, 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 and um, bouncing off things, bouncing off this thing, trying new things, not having any real feelings because I didn't want to have a feeling. So I bounced off things and bounced off things. So I came into here and it was very hard to not be bouncing anymore. It's like Tigger. <laughs> I was like, bup, 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 bouncing, bouncing, bouncing. So I came in and I, it took me years to just settle down and get comfortable in my warm coat of who I am. Does that make sense? How do we fall in love with ourselves? How do we put that voice in our head that says that we're not good or that we judge ourselves about? How do we quiet that? How do we quiet it? For me, I had to get on my knees and say to God, please take this away please take this away. And I had to say it many times over and over and over and over and over again. It was so important that I kept asking God to please take away this voice that made me judge because I'm a horrible judge. I am a horrible judge of what's good and what's bad. I don't know if you're a good judge of it, but I'm not. I sit here and I want to judge other people. I want to judge other things. I want to compare myself to everyone. And I would compare myself as them being more, better or them being worse. It's never that we're equal. 
And I want to get to that place that we're equal. When I was just talking about the people in Nashville being on this road that were drunk, Broadway road that, 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 were, that were inebriated. I'm not saying that that's bad. I just say it's not comfortable for me. That's not a judgment, I don't think. I think that that's a, and I got a feeling inside of me, like this doesn't feel good. This doesn't feel right being here. I don't want to be here. This doesn't feel comfortable. I didn't know what felt comfortable and what didn't feel comfortable. So being able to say, I don't feel comfortable in leaving is such an amazing gift to be able to do. Is to go to a situation and go, this doesn't feel good. I need to go over here. I listen to an amazing, um, I do these um, master classes sometimes. And I was listening to this woman talking about pivoting. And I think I talked about this maybe a week ago. I might have talked about it two weeks ago. But pivoting in life. And when we are in a situation that is not comfortable, we need to pivot. And we need to change direction. We need to go this way. Instead of going this way, we need to go this way. Instead of going this way. It's um, changing our direction. And none of us know, at least I didn't know when I was drinking, what direction I was supposed to go in. I kind of went where everybody else went. And I jumped around like Tigger and bounced around like a pinball and did things that sometimes weren't comfortable. But I didn't know how to say, I don't want to be here. I just stayed there. I had no voice. I had no true sense of self where I could make that decision to say, this doesn't feel right. I'm not going to do this. Getting to that place of embracing life and going, this is what it is. I'm going to be comfy in my own skin and I'm going to continue to be comfy even though sometimes it feels uncomfortable. This whole thing of learning how to live in our skin is uncomfortable because people tell us not to be selfish and we tend to be selfish sometimes. Sorry, the air conditioning is going out because I'm it's so hot here. But anyway, um, not to digress. But to getting to this place that we're going to take care of ourselves is not something I feel like we learn to do as human beings, especially in America, unless we're on a plane. When we're on a plane, they say, put the oxygen on your mat, on yourself first and then help your child or somebody else. But first you have to take care of you. And I don't think we learn that in school, like we're supposed to take care of ourselves. How do we take care of ourselves? How do we take care of our feelings? How do we take care of the thoughts that bounce around in our heads? How do we do that? Well, for one, I think we have to be able to breathe with ourselves. Breathe. Breathe, breathe. Breathing is something we don't do. We don't learn how to breathe, but I, I talked about, I know I just talked about this recently, is breathing, even if these things you can buy and your Apple watch or phone will tell you to breathe. I think we need to know that intuitively ourselves. We need to breathe. And life is not so scary if we live it a minute at a time. And you might say, I can't live my life a minute at a time. I've got to make plans. I've got to go to work. I've got to do my kids. I've got stuff to do. I have to have plans. I can't live like this one day at a time. And I think that learning how to live one day at a time is like planning just one day. And if things don't work out the way you wanted them to do, it doesn't mean the world's going to spin off the access. It means you pivot. It just means you turn a little bit. It doesn't mean it's the end of the world. You just have to turn. Does that make sense? And I don't mean turn a whole 180 degrees. I mean, maybe even turn just 
10 degrees or five degrees and just say, oh, it's gonna, I just have to roll with this. They also say this thing, rule six, um, I've talked about rule 62, don't take yourself so personally and wearing life like a loose garment. So when you get out of the pool or you get off the beach and you put on a big flowy dress or if you're a guy, you just put on your, you just put on a towel, right? You just put a towel around your waist, just like free, everything's free. And we put on a dress after you've been in the shower and you just put on a really flowy dress and you're like, ah, this is freedom. Or you just put on a towel. You're like, this is just freedom. I'm free. I feel comfortable. We want life to feel like that comfortable. And we get that. We learn that by taking these steps. I mean, for me, I learned in a 12 step meeting in AA, which I could never believe I even went to and that I still go to. I can't believe it. I still go as, uh, you know, every, as much as I can in the mornings, but it learned, it taught me how to learn these skills. It taught me these skills and I've had to practice them and practice them and practice them and practice them. I think that if I were a cello player or I wanted to be a really good golfer, or if I wanted to really play tennis, I'd have to practice, right? People tell me that all the time. I like to play golf, but I don't want to practice. I do not want to go out there and hit 250 balls and be like, oh, I'm going to go do this. And then I'm going to be a really good golfer. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to go to practice and learn how to play tennis. I'm just not. It doesn't interest me that much. But working on myself so that I grow, I do like doing that because it makes me a better mom, a better wife, a better friend. It just does. It makes me so much. It makes me like myself so much better. It makes me be able to help the people that listen to Busy Living Sober better. It helps me to help my the women that I help through the process of sobriety in a 12-step program. Those women that I help through that, I need energy to do that. And I need to take care of me so that I can be there for them. And I need to take care of me so that I'm a better mom. So I can go show up when my son's moving to Georgia Tech and going, I, it's about him. It's not about me. My older son is going to be moving to, again, he's moving in a couple of weeks and that's a big move and it's about him. And I want to be there to help him get to where he's going, but it's not about me. I might not be able to drive in the car with him because I'm a backseat driver, but I can maybe fly there and help him set up his place. I can do that today. It's not about me. And he's not going to pick me up at the airport. And I'm going to be drunk. He's not going to, you know, kick me to work and say, oh my gosh, my mom's embarrassing. He's going to be able to have a mom that he knows loves him and supports him. And it's about him and not about me. And this stuff takes work, 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 practice, 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 practice and more practice. It's one thing to say, I have a higher power. It's one thing to say I'm spiritual, but it's a whole nother thing to say you're going to trust in that, that thing that you put above you, that thing that is bigger than you. Somewhere you have to be like, I trust this thing. I have to trust God. For me, I trust God. I pray to God every morning. I pray to God every night. And sometimes during the day, I have to pray. And I have to say, God, what do you want this to look like today? I don't have an idea what it's supposed to look like, but what do you want this to look like, God? That's like really crazy to think that, that I do this because 
my ego thinks I know how everything's supposed to be. Because as I just said earlier, I'm supposed to be judgmental and I'm supposed to know what's right from wrong. But sometimes my idea of like what the worst thing that happened seems to always in the end be the best thing that happened. Like realizing I was an alcoholic, I thought was like the worst thing in the world. It's like nothing you would want. I mean, I, for years, that's the last thing I wanted to admit. I'm an alcoholic. I'm an alcoholic. That sounded so gross. It sounded so demoralizing. It sounded so yucky. It sounded so vagrant. It just sounded gross. I did not want to be an alcoholic. I think about that still. I did not want to be an alcoholic. I did not want, even though I was one. I mean, I didn't know where I went. I could not only have one. I had numerous. And I had that. And I was so fearful of admitting that I was and asking for help that I would have stayed that way. I don't know how I finally got the courage. I don't know. I think it's literally that I fell to my knees and I really believe God, please help me. It was the first time that I ever really said help. I never sent help before. I used to say, I got it. I got it. I got it. You know, I got it. I've got everything. I don't need your help. I know what's right. I know everything. I don't need, I don't need your help. I know everything. I know everything you should be doing and you should be doing and you should be doing. When in fact, I knew nothing. But I sure tried to fake it that I had it all. But the reality was I was a little scared girl inside. And I thought that it meant that I was weak and I was a loser if I asked for help. I'm like, I, you know, I got this. I decided to get divorced. I have these three kids. I have this house, these cars, all this stuff. I'm, I, I got this. I got this. I can do this. I got this. When inside, I'm like this little girl going, oh my God, what is going on? This is so scary. Get me another drink. I got to have a drink because I can't do this. I was like on stage. I was like, I got this. I got this. And it was all just big fat lies. I didn't have anything. I was scared. So and I kind of think if I were to give you an example of how scared I was, I think that I look at people that drive around in their car with a mask on. And if you do, that's great, but you must be so scared if you're in your own car by yourself with a mask on in your own car, that's got to be scary that you're so scared of this thing you can't see and you can't touch and you can't feel but we don't trust anything outside of us anymore. We focus so much on materialism this day and age and what's going on on these stupid phones and then social media that we don't even worry about what's going on. Like we haven't taken care of ourselves and realized that there's something out there bigger than us. There's something bigger than us. I don't know what it is. For me, it's God. I call it God. And I don't know what that God looks like, but I just trust him or her or it, and I trust in it, and I pray to it, and it makes my life better. My husband says all the time, somebody said to him, to JF, when he was getting sober, it was a, you know, somebody that helped him along the way, a fellow traveler, we'll call him, and this guy had said to him in the very beginning, because my husband was not raised with any religion whatsoever, so when he was getting sober, this guy said to him, do you pray? And he said, no. And the guy said, do you think it would hurt you? And JF said, I don't think so. And he said, then why don't you do it? So JF did it. 
and he continues to do it and I continue to do it and it can't hurt me and it can't hurt you even if it's to pray to a dead relative if it's to pray to a butterfly if it's to pray to the sunrise or the sun or to pray to the moon but to something bigger than you that will give you a sign that it's there like it's okay I'm going to pray that the sun's going to be up in the morning I think pretty much you're going to wake up tomorrow and the sun will be there you can pray for that if you need something that concrete but getting to this place that you're not scared all the time because right now it's scary and it's we're scared of things we can't see we can't touch we're people not liking each other people liking each other people saying that it's good that you wear masks it's not good that you wear masks it's constant complete noise like just like this air conditioning just went on again it's noise it does it feeds the fear we have in our heads so either we're going to feed that fear or we're going to feed the faith what are we going to do are we going to feed the faith or are we going to feed the fear I want to feed the faith. And you might be like, what does that mean, feed the faith? Well, I want to go and assume that everything's going to work out just for today. If I don't pick up a drink today, everything's going to be okay today. Maybe if I get a feeling that I'm going to drink, maybe I'll do it tomorrow, but I'm not going to do it today. I don't want to do it today. Not today. Not today. Not to this hour. Not this minute. Not this hour. Not this day. Maybe tomorrow. And then the next day you do the same exact thing and you start to have these feelings. Now, if you're a daily drinker, call your doctor. You cannot do this by yourself. You need to call a doctor. You need to go see a doctor. You cannot quit drinking by yourself. If you're a daily drinker without talking to your doctor, you need to call your doctor. I can tell you that much right now. Call your doctor. If you call your doctor and get their advice and see what they have to say then you have a better chance than not to being able to be on the road to recovery. But that's your first step is asking for help. You reach out to somebody that you can trust. Who do you trust? Somebody out there I hope you trust. Someone. I don't care if it's a stranger. Walk up to a stranger. You can email me. Always email me. At busy, B-I-Z-Z-Y, at busylivingsober.com. People write to me all the time, and I promise you I write back every time. We're in a crazy time. You know, I ran into an ex-relative when I was in Atlanta. And he had been sober for a long time. And he picked up a drink. And he's sitting there in this lobby on Saturday morning trying to convince me that it's okay that he drank. And he drinks now. He thinks he can drink now. He looks terrible. Terrible. And he told me that on Saturday night he sat at home by himself drinking and doing a puzzle. Is that sad? All by himself, just drinking by himself. And the reality is, I don't know if it's sad because I used to do stuff like that. I didn't do a puzzle, but I would drink and I'd make stuff up in my head. I'd dance in my kitchen. I'd fall down. I can't thank God there were no cell phones then. Um, life drinking is so sad. It's so it's putting up poison, at least if you drink alcoholically like I did, it's just a bad way to go. It's just a bad way to go through life. At least I think so. Because if you felt like I did when you drank, it was like I was always hoping that I wasn't where I was. I always wanted to wish away time. And now all I want to do is bring time back. I dropped my kids off at college and I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe they're gone already. I wished that away when they were little. I wanted them to grow up. 
How many of you realize that we we wish that they we wish the time speeds up, and then at the end, we, all we wanted to do is slow down. Can you relate to that? It's like I got sober. I don't regret the past. I don't regret it. I don't regret what it took for me to get to where I am. I don't regret it because I don't know if I didn't have that life, if I'd had the life I have now, I don't know that I'd be comfortable in my skin. It's, um, it's an easier way of life of being in a place where you're just like this and you're no longer, and I'm doing this on a YouTube video as well. So if I, I'm, I'm making hand signals. So if you're just listening to me on the on, on a podcast, instead of watching it, um, I'm just taking my hand and going straight across because it's calm. It's like not so many um, bings. It's not so many tiggers in my life. Not so many jumping up and down. It's more like getting comfortable being who I am and letting go. It's so crazy. It took a long time for me to let go and trust. It took me a long time of feeding the faith, feeding the fact that everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be, everything is okay in this moment. If you're listening to this, wiggle your toes in your shoes. Look at stuff around you. Take a deep breath. Touch a tree. If you're walking and listening to this, if you're listening in your car, touch your steering wheel. You're at home laying in bed, touch your sheets, feel your mattress, feel the seat you're sitting on. It's all okay. It's all okay. You can do this. You can do this one day at a time. You can do this crazy thing called life. You can trust in the sun coming up and the sun setting. You can trust in that. If that, that's the only thing you can trust, you can't trust anything human, that's okay. That's okay. I was the same way. I did not trust any humans. I didn't trust anybody. But for some reason, I trust this thing. I couldn't touch faith. I couldn't feel or anything. I had this God that I don't know why I trusted from since I was little, but I just thought to myself, how have I gotten along this whole life? Getting drunk. I haven't killed anybody, thank God. And I had a roof over my head and I had food in the refrigerator and I could be okay. I could be okay. I didn't think I could be okay. I didn't think I could be okay. And the more I practiced living in the moments and being in, I'm sorry, the air conditioning goes on and off. I can't control it. But anyway, getting to this place where I'm breathing and I'm recognizing what I'm looking at and we see the free visuals and we see flowers for the first time and we see green grass for the first time and we see mountains, we see clouds, we see rain, we see wind for the first time. It's just such a gift. It's such a gift. It is such a gift because for so long, we're so wrapped up in this big story that really isn't even a big story, really, if you think about it. It's just you trying to manage life on life's terms, and it's okay. You can manage life on life's terms one day at a time. One day at a time. One breath at a time.
all okay. It's all okay. You can do this. You can be in life surrounded by, you can even be, you can be down on Broadway here and you can, I didn't want to drink. I just felt like it felt uncomfortable. I just felt uncomfortable. I wasn't really listening to, listening to like ACDC, but you know, it's cool. If you like ACDC, you might like it. I just, um, for me, I just knew what was comfortable and what isn't, but that took a long time to get comfortable and realizing, you know, I say, I don't know if I've said this in a long time, but you know, I came in, I, when I got sober, my favorite color had been green forever. And my favorite color really is orange, that bright orange, yummy color. Oh, it's a mix of yellow and red. And it just makes this beautiful orange. And I love it. It's just so vibrant. And it's like my favorite. It's my favorite color. And I love it. And for so long, I thought it was green. I still like green, but orange is my favorite color. It's vibrant. It's alive. Like I am today. For a long time, I walked through life with blinders on. I didn't really want to feel anything. So I had these blinders on and I couldn't pay attention to anything. And I just really was just lost. And now I've been found and I have this life that's enriched and it's amazing. And sometimes it's just sitting around watching the wind blow. Sometimes it's just watching a bird fly over. Sometimes it's just being okay, being okay. It's all okay. It's okay when there's no noise. If there's no noise. It feels uncomfortable when the noise stops. When there's no drama, it feels uncomfortable, but it's totally okay. Everything's better than okay because you don't have this crazy stuff going on in between these ears in this head. That doesn't make sense. To breathe, take it easy. This too shall pass, but practice these things. Practice, 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 practice. I practice this stuff. I say this stuff over and over to everybody because maybe it helps me. I think it does. It helps me stay sober by doing this once a week, coming on here and telling you how I'm getting busy living sober in today. I'm doing this stuff. I got up this morning. I meditated. I listened to an eight o'clock morning hope meeting that if you want to go to an AA meeting that you don't go in person, but you want to go on Zoom, the information's under morning hope on busylivingsober.com. You don't have to put a password up. You don't have to put a picture up. Just come see if you like it. I go to that and then I have my coffee. Then I got up, got showered and did my day. Now I'm exhausted and I'm going to go to bed. And it's been a great day. It's been a great day. And you know what? I really didn't do, I mean, I went to the Grand Old Opry, but there's nothing there. But I got to see stuff that for so long, I didn't even see. I didn't get to have all these gifts. And today the gifts are amazing. And some of it is just driving around with my husband in the car and just looking out the window going, wow, look at that. Wow, look at that. Wow, look at that. Wow, look at that. It's awesome. And it doesn't have to be some big thing all the time. It's okay for it to be little things because the little memories add up to these big memories that give us this life that is just amazing, amazing to be alive and to know that something out there is watching over you. For me, it's God. He's watching over me. I've got this life that he's just blessed me with. And I feel so gift honored and blessed to have you guys as listeners and followers. It's amazing. I love you guys all so much. 
And um, life is great. Life is grand if we just take it one day at a time. And uh, I do want to say one thing. I had these guys on last week and they were selling this drink and I hope you liked it. I don't think I'm going to do things about selling things anymore. I just don't know. I don't know if that's what I want busy living sober to be about is selling things. I just think it's about sharing what my life is like and how I'm doing this life sober. And it's not always easy, but you won't ever regret not taking that drink. I promise you won't. And if you feel alone, please email me at busy, B-I-Z-Z-Y at busylivingsober.com. Or you can email me at elizabeth at elizabethchance.com. Very easy, both of them. Reach out to me, pick up your, pick up your computer, text me, email me, email me, don't text me, email me. And I'll promise I'll get back in touch with you. And it will get easier. I promise you. I promise you, find out what you like, what you really like, not what everybody else likes, but what you like and do what you like. And then you'll be happy because then you'll be doing what you like and what's important to you, not what's important to everybody else. And when you do that, your life gets a lot calmer and it gets a lot easier and you don't get yourself into places that you have to pivot all the time. It's kind of nice. All right. Until next time, until next week, keep getting busy, living sober. Okay, everybody, take care. Thanks again for listening. Remember that you are not alone. And Busy Living Sober is all about getting busy and staying in the day. Stay in today. Get busy today. Yesterday's gone. Tomorrow's not here. Just be in today. Breathe in today. Stay in today. It will be amazing. Just stay in today. Stay in today practice it, practice it, practice it. Every time your brain goes to, oh my gosh, what happened yesterday and you can't change it. Don't go back there anymore. And don't go to this future because you're not there yet. Just stay in today, stay in today. Your life too will get better. I promise. It's what it does. Not right at the beginning. Maybe it might take a little bit of time, but keep practicing and I'll be back next week until then keep getting busy living. So take care.